This podcast is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Seventy years ago, Sir Hugh Beaver was shooting game with his friends in Ireland. He aimed and took a shot at a golden plover, which he missed. No surprise he missed it, because the golden plover is the fastest game bird in Europe. Or is it the red grouse? An argument broke out amongst the shooting party, and Sir Beaver realized there was no way to confirm which was the fastest bird in reference books at the time. Why would anyone need to know? It's a fairly inconsequential fact. But Sir Beaver was the managing director of Guinness Breweries and realized that there were probably hundreds and thousands of other ridiculous questions being debated over a pint or two in pubs all over the world. Arguments that needed a validated source to answer these questions once and for all. And that's how the Guinness Book of World Records was born. In August 1954, a thousand copies of the Guinness Book of Records were printed and given away. The next year, Guinness published and sold a 198-page book that was a runaway success and quickly rose to the top of the bestsellers list. The book was first sold in the U.S. a year later, in 1956, to similar success. Sixty-five years later, the Guinness Book of World Records has over 53,000 records in its database as the lure of obscure fame inspires people to find their true talent. For example, under the category of Why Would You Do This?, there is a Guinness record for Most Straws Stuffed in the Mouth, Hands Off. In order to win this glamorous title, challengers must cram straws into their mouth and keep them there for 10 seconds. The challengers cannot use their hands to support the straws during this 10-second period, but they are permitted to put elastic bands around the plastic tubes to hold them together. This is an incredibly competitive category, with 17 record holders since it was first initiated. In 2018, a man from India managed to stuff a whopping 650 straws in his mouth, beating the 2017 record of 459 straws by a wide margin. And if you were paying attention, yes, there is a second straws-in-mouth hands-on category. This is also held by the same man, with a record of 692 straws. Apparently, he's found his niche in life. And that's just the tip of the iceberg for some of the coolest, most bizarre, and most ridiculous world records out there. My name is Eric Crosby. Welcome to True. Michel Lotito was born on June 15, 1950, in France. When he was nine years old, the glass he was drinking from shattered. Rather than spitting out the fragments of glass, he started chewing on them. He said he didn't mind the taste. Concerned about the damage that the glass may have caused, his parents took him to a series of doctors where he was diagnosed with pica. This is a psychological disorder that compels people to eat non-food items. 
People with pica can have cravings to eat things like hair, dirt, or other man-made items. Lucky for Michel, he was also told he had a thick stomach lining and intestines, as well as potent stomach acids. This ultimately allowed him to eat pretty much whatever he wanted. Things the average person could not, or would not. This led to his incredible entertainment career as Monsieur Mange Tout, or as we'd say in English, Mr. Eat It All. He signed on with a promoter and showman who featured the weird and the wacky, and toured the world showing off his supernatural ability to eat metal, glass, ceramics, rubber, and other things. Throughout his career, he ate 18 bicycles, 15 supermarket carts, 7 TV sets, 6 chandeliers, 2 beds, a pair of skis, a computer, and a coffin, which the Guinness World Records site says is the only example in history of a coffin, handles and all, ending up inside a man. The sharp things he ate could still cause damage to his body, so he counteracted this by lining his stomach with mineral oil and drinking lots of water. Of course, Michel did not eat the items whole. For example, when he ate a bicycle, it was broken down into one or two cubic centimeter pieces. Parts of the bike that were deemed inedible, such as the pedals and handlebars, were left to the side. Apparently, his favorite part of the bicycle to eat was the greased chain, because according to him, it had taste. Michel's most impressive meal began in 1978, when he started eating an airplane. The feat took him two years to complete, but by 1980, it was announced that Michel had fully consumed an entire Cessna 152 airplane, incredibly, with no side effects. Ironically, Michel once said that the only foods that made him sick were soft, normal ones like bananas and hard-boiled eggs. It's been estimated that by October 1997, Michel Lotito had eaten almost 18,000 pounds of metal. He holds the Guinness World Record for Strangest Diet, for which he was given a brass plaque by the publishers. He promptly consumed it. In an effort to curb dangerous and unhealthy eating habits, in 1989, Guinness announced that they would be removing all gluttony records from their books. However, out of historical and nostalgic value, they maintained Michel's record. He died on June 25, 2007, at age 57, of natural causes. One hundred and ninety-one feet and eleven inches is pretty high. It's about seventeen stories, high enough to make the average person dizzy. But Lasso Schaller didn't take that as a warning. He took it as a dare. Schaller is a Swiss cliff jumper who is well trained and apparently enjoys this kind of activity. On August 4, 2015, Schaller set a world record for the highest cliff jump when he jumped off a waterfall in Switzerland. It was estimated that he was traveling about 75 miles per hour when he hit the water 3.58 seconds after he left the platform. The water below was 26 feet deep, and to provide him with a softer landing, it was pumped full of air. Unfortunately, Schaller slightly overshot and hit the non-aerated part of the water, but miraculously only suffered a slightly dislocated hip in his journey to world record holder. 
When it comes to jumping from high places, however, you have to mention Felix Baumgartner, who shattered eight Guinness World Records in less than 10 minutes. Baumgartner was born in Austria in 1969. As a child, he dreamed of flying and skydiving. At age 16, he brought his dream to life when he completed his first jump from an airplane. He then moved to extreme parachuting and on to base jumping. He joined the military and became part of the parachuting exhibition team where he learned to precision land on small targets. Baumgartner became known for his adventurous daredevil stunts and for breaking new barriers. In 1999, he achieved his first world record for highest parachute jump from a building when he leapt from the almost 1,500-foot-tall Petronas Towers in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. However, it was not a sanctioned jump. Baumgartner had to sneak into the tower wearing a shirt and tie and crawl out onto a window-washing boom to jump, running away when he hit the ground to avoid being caught. His next jump was from the Christ the Redeemer statue in Rio de Janeiro, again an illegal jump. He continued his stunts, jumping off buildings, bridges, and cliffs. He was the first person to execute a free-fall flight across the English Channel using a carbon wing. He jumped from the 91st floor of the then-tallest building in the world, Taipei 101, in Taiwan. Baumgartner was sponsored by the Austrian company Red Bull for 20 years before they launched their most ambitious project yet, the Red Bull Stratos project. The project would take five years to bring to life and cost over $20 million. Baumgartner wanted to break the record for the highest freefall parachute jump. The Red Bull Stratos project would literally elevate him to the stratosphere where he would jump and freefall to Earth. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. If you're going to tackle this challenging a project, you start with an expert. In this case, the man who held the record for 52 years, Joseph Kittinger. Kittinger made a high-altitude jump from almost 103,000 feet as part of a military project called Excelsior, designed to do research into high-altitude bailouts. Air Force balloonist Captain Joseph Kittinger Jr. is laced into an elaborate pressure suit in preparation for a daring ascent into the stratosphere. Kittinger, who weighs 150 pounds, packs 155 pounds of suit and equipment. He has to be helped into the open gondola of the balloon. His goals? A new altitude record for non-powered flight and a new record for the longest jump in history. He supported the Red Bull mission team and was Baumgartner's point of contact throughout the jump. On October 14, 2012, 43-year-old Felix Baumgartner got into a capsule that took two hours to rise to an altitude of just under 128,000 feet. This is still 200,000 feet lower than where space begins, 
but incredibly, almost 100,000 feet higher than the peak of Mount Everest. At this height, the atmospheric pressure was so low, a person could die almost instantly from exposure. The helium-filled balloon that carried him was as tall as the Statue of Liberty, with a capacity of 30 million cubic feet. The door has opened. Roll the door open. The door has opened. Stop, Felix. Baumgartner depressurized the capsule, went through the doorway, and looked down at the earth. He stood there for 30 seconds, then said, quote, I'm going home now. He extended his arms and fell forward. Back on Earth, an audience of 8 million people watched from the multiple cameras on the capsule and Baumgartner's suit. Less than 25 seconds into his jump, Felix Baumgartner was traveling 450 miles per hour. 30 seconds in, he was at 600 miles an hour. And 4 seconds after that, he was traveling at supersonic speeds, over 689 miles an hour. Speed 700. Speed 725. He was accelerating toward the Earth at a speed of 60,000 feet a minute. 100 feet fall, speed 729 and decelerating. Baumgartner reached his maximum speed at 50 seconds into his jump. He peaked at 844 miles an hour, or Mach 1.25. At 4 minutes and 19 seconds into the jump, Baumgartner deployed his parachute and landed safely in New Mexico. And there you can see by the approaching shadow, he's just about there, and he's down on the earth, safely Only 9 minutes had elapsed from the time he jumped to the time he landed, and in that short period, he not only broke the sound barrier, but eight world records. Highest freefall parachute jump, largest balloon with a human on board, highest manned balloon flight, highest altitude untethered outside a vehicle, fastest speed in freefall, most concurrent views for a live event on YouTube, and largest audience for a live stream ad. Until I opened my parachute, I did not know if I broke the speed of sound or not. So when I touched the ground with my parachute, I've been told by a lot of people on the ground, they heard that supersonic boom. Yeah, so it's the first and the only supersonic boom created by a human person, which is kind of cool. From adventurous to something we can all get in on. In 2006, a dance instructor in Toronto, Canada had a goal. She wanted to unite the world through dance. And is there a song that brings people onto the dance floor to perform a choreographed dance more than Michael Jackson's Thriller? You hear that beat and suddenly everyone is dancing, like zombies. You're probably doing it right now. The first Guinness World Record breaking event for largest thriller dance in one location consisted of 62 people in Toronto. 
But this small event inspired so many people, and thriller dance mobs popped up all over the world. On what would have been Michael Jackson's 51st birthday, August 29th, 2009, 13,597 people in Mexico City came together to recreate the iconic dance. Fans from across Mexico responded to an appeal on Facebook to make these two minutes history. This is Jackson Mania. This is for Michael. It's a huge way to honor Michael. Look at this. It's incredible. Their goal? To set the world record for the most people performing the famed Thriller dance. The odds of being struck by lightning are 1 in 500,000. But according to a George Washington University stats professor, the odds of getting struck by lightning seven times are 4.15 in 10 to the power of 32, or 100 nanillion. Yeah, someone had to calculate those odds because that's exactly what happened to Roy Sullivan. Virginia resident Roy Sullivan worked as a park ranger in Shenandoah National Park. He is the world record holder for being struck by lightning more than any known person. Not twice, not three times, but an incredible seven times. And that's why he got the nickname, the Spark Ranger. In April 1942, Sullivan was stationed in a fire tower when a storm blew in. The tower was new, and the lightning rods hadn't been installed yet. In an interview with the Washington Post years later, Sullivan said, quote, It was hit seven or eight times, and fire was jumping all over the place. He only made it a short distance before he was struck by lightning. He said, quote, I got just a few feet away from the tower, and then... It burned a half-inch strip all the way down my right leg, and knocked my big toe off. My boot was full of blood, and it ran through a hole in the sole. That was Roy Sullivan's first official encounter with lightning. Life continued as normal for 27 years. Sullivan probably assumed the biggest excitement in his life was behind him. But in 1969, he was driving along a winding road when lightning struck two trees on one side of the road, then jumped to a tree on the other side passing right through the cab of his truck. He lost consciousness, and the truck coasted to a stop near the edge of a cliff. It was sheer luck he didn't go over. When he woke up, Sullivan's watch was fried, and he was missing his eyebrows and eyelashes, and the hair up to the brim of his hat. Strike number three happened in 1970, when he was off-duty and working in his garden. Lightning struck a nearby transformer, and jumped to his left shoulder. He was knocked back a few feet, but only suffered slight burns. His third encounter with lightning was a relatively easy one, if there is such a thing. But number four came back with a vengeance. In 1972, Sullivan was manning the registration station at one of the camping areas. There was a light rain, but no signs of an impending thunderstorm. And then suddenly, one massive clap of thunder. Sullivan told the Washington Post a week after the incident it was the loudest thing he'd ever heard. Quote, 
When my ears stopped ringing, I heard something sizzling. It was my hair on fire. The flames were up six inches. Sullivan put out the fire with his jacket and ran to a nearby restroom. He tried to stick his head under the faucet, but there wasn't enough room. So he cooled his head with some wet paper towels and then drove himself to the hospital. The Washington Post article also said that before Sullivan's latest brush with death, the most lightning strikes that someone had survived was three. This caught the attention of the Guinness Book of World Records, and in 1972, they listed Roy Sullivan as the only living man to be struck by lightning four times. The next year, they had to update that listing to five times. In August 1973, Sullivan was driving a parked truck when he saw storm clouds rolling in. Knowing his luck with lightning, he tried to outrun it. When he thought he was far enough away to be safe, he stopped the truck to watch the storm. And that's when the fifth strike occurred. Sullivan said, quote, I actually saw the lightning shoot out of the cloud this time, and it was coming straight for me. He went flying, his hair on fire, and burns traveling down his left arm and leg. His shoe was blown right off his foot, laces still tied. Strike number six occurred three years later, as Sullivan was walking along a park trail. That was it. He'd reached the end of his rope. After 36 years with the park services, he retired. Years earlier, after his fourth strike, he told the Washington Post, quote, I have never been a fearful man, but I have to tell you the truth. When I hear thunder now, I feel a little shaky. Two more strikes later, Sullivan had moved from nervous to terrified and decided to go all in on protecting himself in his retirement. He attached heavy-duty lightning rods to each corner of his home and more to the TV antenna, electric meter, and the tallest trees. Unfortunately, Sullivan was nowhere near his home when he suffered his seventh and final strike. On June 25, 1977, he was out on a boat fishing he felt the hairs on his arm stand on end, and he smelled sulfur. Seconds later, a perfect strike to the head. Sullivan fell into the water. He suffered burns to his clothes, chest, and stomach, and lost hearing in one ear. He made it back to his car, but because being struck by lightning just wasn't bad enough, he then had to use a stick to beat away a black bear who proceeded to snatch his lunch and the three trout he'd just caught. No one ever understood why Roy Sullivan was a human lightning rod. He speculated that some chemical, some mineral in his body may have attracted it. One ranger remembered him warning the crew Quote, if a storm comes up, you all get away from me. Even a local restaurant would not let him in if it was raining. And once, while walking with the chief ranger, they saw lightning off in the distance, and the chief said, quote, I'll see you later, Roy. In an interview with the local newspaper, Sullivan said, quote, Some people are allergic to flowers, but I'm allergic to lightning. It's funny stuff. To this day, 
Roy Sullivan still holds the record for the most lightning strikes survived, for the amazing total of seven. Guinness World Records is very particular about how they validate their record holders. No one was with Sullivan when he was struck by lightning, but there was sufficient damage that the seven strikes were considered verified. Plus, another senior ranger offered testimony. Incredibly, he may have been hit by lightning an eighth time as a young boy working on his father's farm. That strike couldn't be validated, so Roy Sullivan's record is still held at a shocking seven. With 53,000 Guinness World Record holders, there is no shortage of amazing stories. But Guinness has its own record as the world's best-selling copyrighted book with sales of over 100 million copies. What started as an attempt to settle debates in pubs turned into a catalog of the wildest, boldest, and strangest people, achievements, and things. If you're feeling inspired to go and break your own record, just know that it only costs $5 to propose a new record title. If you do end up going for glory, please, just do it safely. is a production of Imperative Entertainment. This episode of True was researched by Haley Gray and written by me. The executive producer is Jason Hoke of Imperative Entertainment. The cover art and design were created by Jenna Sullivan. True was created and is produced by me. Have any comments or questions? Email us at podcasts at imperativeentertainment.com. As always, a huge thanks for listening. I'll be back next week with another episode. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.